Are you looking for a fitness solution that gets you results in minutes? Look no further than Autumn Fitness, the premier Swiss fitness studio for high-intensity resistance training. With its state-of-the-art isokinetic biofeedback technology and excellent personal training concept, Autumn Fitness helps you gain strength, build muscle, and lose pounds in just six minutes of workout per week. As a busy entrepreneur, I understand the importance of self-care and the challenges of finding enough time for a proper workout. That's why I choose Autumn Fitness. The benefits and results have been nothing short of mind-blowing for my overall well-being. Not only do I recommend Autumn Fitness for your fitness goals, but I also suggest checking out the Autumn Franchise Business Opportunity. You could be the next successful health and fitness business owner next month. I invite you to visit franchise.autumnfit.com forward slash Swisspreneur and see if Autumn is the perfect match for you. We disrupted the entire fitness industry and we're, I mean, we're so many studios by now in Switzerland that more than, for example, Kiese training ever had at their peak time. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Matthias and Julian, and very well welcome to the other Swisspreneur episode with you guys together. Thank you so much for joining us today. All hands on deck. <laughs> Thanks, Sylvan, for having us. Matthias, you are the early investor at Aurum and also a board member. Julian, you are the co-founder and CEO at Aurum. And before we talk about today's focus topic, the franchising system, the power of franchising, I actually want to start with how you guys met. So Matthias, how did you meet Julian for the first time? So I actually did meet him um, where it all started at, a, at an Aurum training. So I saw that ad on, on LinkedIn and I decided to, to quickly run and get a pair of shorts and a shirt and, and show up for this unbelievable and in my eyes, incredible and probably also not so real proposal of a six minute workout. Mm -hmm. So I showed up and I had uh, the, the, the fortune that actually Julian and Philip, the two co-founders were there giving this, this first training. And um, I was just uh, blown away by, by the concept, by the machine and how they trained. And uh, actually, uh, that's where we first saw each other. It was me sweating, um, they're laughing. And uh, I think this um, hasn't changed ever since, but a uh, good first impression. <laughs> Absolutely. No, no, I'm sweating and, and you are laughing. <laughs> <laughs> that's how the things change over time, right? Exactly right. So you then actually also onboarded Matthias is early investor, today also board member. How do you convince him, Julian, to join the Aurum journey? Um, I mean, on the day that you walked into our store, into one of our two first stores, uh, we just had um, a cancellation of a like a, a series series a or C, it was the seed round mm -hmm. and so a very prominent investor group that uh, i don't name here actually said to us on that day they won't do it and so we were really desperate sitting around and uh, out of nowhere he came and uh, did the training and said hey we just exited Qumram and we're looking for new investments and i will bring simon my my partner in for the due diligence and so things uh you know, they just picked up from there. Mm -hmm. And then over after the seed round, we, we completed our prototype and everything. And then we went into the series A. He came back from Canada and he was like, I, I'm, 
I'm ready for a new challenge. You know, I'm, I'm ready to take this to the next level. And so Simon and him, they were the lead investors also on the series A. Mm -hmm. And then they said, let's, let's also be operational. This is such a great topic and we, we love the team. Um, so there was no convincing involved. Yeah. That's actually quite special, right, Matthias? Because, you know, investing is completely different to be operationally involved in a, in a startup or in a company. So what was so convincing for you that you said, I also want to join, you know, as business developer uh, early on and then board member to really have the operational perspective as well? That's a super question because, as you say, probably when I when I finished my earnout um, at Dynatrace, I decided, no, I'm not going to be operational for the next few years or so. Right. And uh, Uh, but then, by then we were already so convinced um, mm -hmm. of of the concept of our room, of the team, and and on the other hand, we also saw that there is work to be done, and not just strategic investment. The money part, we said, yeah, we can do that easily. But I think the interesting thing as an entrepreneur, and I'm at heart in the first place, I'm still an entrepreneur and not investor. I said, no, let's. Let's also make our hands dirty again and, and dig deep. And Simon and I were, were kind of connected ever since on this entrepreneurial path. And then it was a, a quick dis discussion between the two of us and then together with the two co-founders. And we decided, no, it's it's money. And it's um, it, when, when you want to use the term smart money or hard mm -hmm. work money, you also got to do something besides giving the money. And then it was a quick and clear decision. Uh, the temptation to go back into the game was just too big. Yeah, but we have to. I mean, we we can be fully transparent. We sure. we didn't need a we we're not picked up a hundred percent operational role. For sure. me, it's a forty percent. For Simon, it was a sixty to start, and it's it evolved into an eighty percent. So we still, um, and I think that's a good message also to the audience that when you have the experience and and you have done things, then it doesn't have to be always a hundred percent or seventy yeah. hours a week. But you can create um, operational value just by by showing up one or two or three days a week. I like that a lot. Yeah, and I think also you were really intrigued by this being a real scale-up when you yeah. invested, right? We were across the chasm. We knew our customer. We knew how to reach our customer. We knew we would go into franchising to to scale this brick-and-mortar business out. And I think that was something that you said, wow, this is really cool. I want to see this as well as in the early stages of crossing the chasm, scaling up. Mm -hmm. And that's something that, that did not happen with Qumran. Right? No, I mean, that was this discussion we had is less than two years ago. And mm -hmm. when you look at the numbers, the amount Crazy. of customers, the amount of franchisees, Jern. the journey, the, the, yeah, the, the journey, all the, yeah, we will talk to that after later, but we, we kind of, we disrupted the entire fitness industry and we're, I mean, we're so many studios by now in Switzerland yeah. that more than, for example, Kiesa training ever had at their peak time. That's crazy. Yeah. Super impressive. And the growth that you see there is now also really backed by the franchise model. And before we dive into that topic, maybe we start at the very beginning. What is actually a franchising model? How does that work, Julian? I mean, franchising is the most underappreciated way of going to market. And in the US, it's completely clear and every PE and every VC is actually lighting up mm -hmm. when you say we want to go to market via a franchising or franchising-like model. Yep. Um, it's it's basically where you license out the right to use all your business systems to a local entrepreneur. And most of the times it's in combination with a brick, of mo a brick and mortar business model, but it can also be a service business model. It can For example, uh, the wealth managers in the in the US are also kind of 
organized from UBS as kind of franchising, right? You, mm. So you, there's different layers of how how uh, in detail you do the franchising, but it's it's in the end it's about giving another party access to your business systems and to your brand, and therefore they pay a royalty. So that sounds very simple. You get access to the franchise playbook, so to speak, and you bring some money to the table to pay for it, right? The money is one part, right? So most of the times also banks love to finance franchise because mm -hmm. it's a proven system that you just uh, replicate. Yeah. Um, so the money isn't even the biggest part about franchising. It's about finding the operator, right? Yeah. Uh, if you have, you, you need to know exactly who you want to entrust your mm -hmm. business system with. And when you are clear about the operator that you want to find, that you are going to invest in heavily and making them a great operator, um, you can you can then put the, the pedal to the metal and really find more of these operators and they will be super successful in their own right in their local markets. Got it. And why was franchising the right system for you to grow as a company? Because you said it's an underappreciated model here in Switzerland. And why was that the right one for you despite not being that common in our country? Um, that's a really great question, you know, because... For the end customer, it doesn't really count if it's a franchise or if it's a, it's a company-owned right. store. And you can, there are examples, for example, in fast food and in fitness mm -hmm. where, you know, there's big companies that have completely scaled out their brick and mortar footprint right. with, with own locations. For us, it was just, uh, you know, boiled down into a strategic decision where we said we want to grow really fast and we want to bring in the perfect incentive structure for for actually these operators, right? Um, and then grow with other people's time and other people's money. Mm -hmm. So it was just a smart strategic decision, uh, especially in the middle of Corona, you know, because right. who would fund a, a fitness <laughs> uh, enterprise except those two? Exactly. You talk about incentives. I imagine this is one of the key aspects of the franchising model that you set up. How do you actually ensure alignment and the right incentivization across you as a company, mm. but also the people who then operate your franchise? You achieve that and good franchise operate franchisors mm -hmm. achieve that through not discriminating between company owned stores and franchise stores. So we have operations management. That's one branch and they are basically the customer advocate, right? right. They, they don't discriminate between franchise or own stores. So they'll only look that the customer has the best possible experience. Mm -hmm. And then we have the classical customer success position in our company, which is the franchise success manager at our at our company. So we have two branches. We have a good cop. These are the operations people right. that really look after the quality and that the end customer has a great experience. Mm -hmm. and on the other side, we have the customer success reps that you know from classical uh, organizational structures, sure. which are called franchise success manager at our company. Yeah. And so they look after the franchisee that he is successful and finds his way around all the uh, systems that we have built and is is, is getting up to speed really fast. Got it. And one thing that is, of course, also crucial is the business model behind it. So what is our room's business model behind, behind the franchising system? How do you make money with like a revenue share or yep. the royalty fees? How does that work? It's, it's very simple. So the plain vanilla franchising is that you have a, a certain percentage of the system-wide sales. You know, mm -hmm. this, these are the sales that franchisees make. You get a, a certain cut of that. No. Then you have a, a brand fund, which is not really a revenue stream. You you, you spend the, the brand fund immediately in the local, local market to invest in the brand. Yeah. Uh, what we are 
unique because we are vertically integrated with our own technology platform. We also have a technology fee per training yeah. um, that that uh, the franchisees pay to us. Um, but that's really unique. The plain vanilla situation is that you have the uh, the royalties, mm -hmm. and you should be really aware of franchisors that make money selling products to the franchisee, like for example, salad or bread in, mm -hmm. in, in, in you know in QSRs, and so. That's the, the best is if the franchisor gets a cut from the revenues with the end customer. Yeah. That's the perfect system, in my opinion. Then you're really aligned because then Absolutely. if you are both successful, you both make money. If not, then Absolutely. not. Very simple. So, Matthias, you actually shared when we did the preparation for this interview, you said if you were 25, 30 years old again, you would immediately go for a franchise system, you know, to operate as an entrepreneur. Why would that be the right choice for you? I mean, especially when you choose a, a successful um, franchise system, um, it's just a boot camp. You just mm -hmm. learn so fast, so much. Um, success rate, we know that very well. You know it from interviewing a lot. I mean, success ratio is probably one out of 10 startups really yep. succeed. In franchise, it's the other way around. Nine out of 10 are actually successful. That's crazy. And, and, that's and, really crazy. And we all know we that... We didn't have one fail up until now. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. It's, it would fail in the first months. Right. Sure. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we all know as 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 athletes, but also as entrepreneurs, in the end, self-confidence is is the important uh, ingredient to mm -hmm. be actually more successful in the, in the future. And if you fail the first few um, startups you do, One, you get older, and B, you just kind of lose confidence. I mean, in the US, it can be different. It gives you a boost. You need to fail in order to be successful. But here, it's yeah. not the way. And that's why I say, look, you learn so much because it's growing. You have a playbook, as you said, mm -hmm. and, and your, your probability of winning is so much higher. That's why I really recommend every 25, 30-year-old who wants yeah. to go down the entrepreneurial path, look at the franchise option. Um, it yeah. doesn't have to be our own, but if you're into health, if, you, if you're into sport, there is an option. Yeah. There aren't so many other ones in Switzerland. Um, yeah, so that's, that's why I say, looking back at when I was 25, I would definitely pick, pick that license. I like the statement. It's like a boot camp of entrepreneurship. That's like really, really cool to have a fast learning curve. Yeah, and, and <laughs> it's an MBA and, that creates an asset. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And, yeah. and, you know, we always say um, um, cash is, is actually the blood of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And you generate the free cash flow. Our, our yeah. franchisees, they generate free cash flow in the first week. Yeah. All of a sudden, they have money to work with, etc. And we know that from the startup. Otherwise, the money you always have to collect, and it's uh, from financing round to financing round. And right. that's not really supporting your business or your business model, but it mm -hmm. just brings you in cash so you can survive. And yeah. this is already in the system. Um, and the other one is, of course, you don't need to pivot all the sure. time, which might be an interesting experience as well. Yeah. But on the other hand, if you already have this product market fit, which is shown in your own locations, you yeah. just can do, you can build up on that and you can try to be a better, a better franchisee than the others mm -hmm. or better at your location. So it's a very sporty aspect, which just in the end makes the entire system be better. And there is a lot of exchange between the franchisees. Mm -hmm. They're all entrepreneurial spirit and they exchange yeah. and it's, yeah, um, just so much more fun, so much easier. But I didn't know when I was 25 that such a thing exists. Right. Or I had McDonald's in the back of my head <laughs> and my parents always telling me that McDonald's food is not so great. So I had I this bias. So. I see. Which is wrong. It's amazing. <laughs> so no, uh, 
I mean, who doesn't love a Big Mac? Um, one thing I might add here is that um, it's also it still gives you an entrepreneurial muscle because we see a lot of people in the sales funnel. They go through the whole due diligence and then they don't. They just don't have it. They looked at five years of operating history and they just cannot mm -hmm. make this leap of faith. Will this also work here? Mm -hmm. Right? And so That's you sure. still build this emotional muscle of taking a risk and being completely responsible that it works out. Yeah. And that builds up on itself. Yeah, you probably learned so much, you know, of how to run a business, especially if you do it for the first time, that once you built a successful franchise that you could then go on and still start your own company yeah. with probably a much higher success rate than at the beginning. Absolutely, you can extrapolate from that. Exactly. You see all the, the, all the ingredients of a business and you will learn better, like when you have skin in the game, you will never learn again. Right. And then you can extrapolate from that. I wonder because you, Matthias, you have, you have built your own company, you know, Kumram, then sold them successfully. You worked for another company then as part of the exit deal. Now you also have the franchise experience because you're helping it to, to build it up. Is it really the same, you know, from an entrepreneur's perspective that if you have your full own company, you know, where you say we start everything, which is much harder, much more risk in terms of, you know, no product market fit, you probably need investors. Is it really the same feeling to start your own franchise compared to your own company where you are completely free to do what you want? It's it's hard to compare because sure. I really haven't I really haven't done it. Um, um, I think it's similar, but mm -hmm. as I said, it's um, it's a it's a safer it's a safer way. It's an easier way to start. It's you learn faster. Um, so I would say it's different. You need, and it's better that you're not too of a, too much of a creative person mm -hmm. because the playbook is already there. Right. The business model works, so you don't right. have to redefine marketing strategy. Yeah. It's there. It's given. Sure. So it is a different a different path. Um, but as Julian just pointed out, this entrepreneurial, adventurous spirit of doing my own thing, taking full responsibility, mm -hmm. that's in the end. That's that's the the inner part. That's the DNA, and that's still there. And yeah. that's why I say, look. You, you realize in a very or in a much more safe environment if you have this entrepreneurial DNA yeah. within you. And you learn to execute, right? And as we all know, execution is key to any business that you're building. Absolutely. Very well said. And I mean, I, want to I would love to paint a picture here. In startups, you kind of, you trot the path, you know, you kind yeah. of, okay, may I go le left, right, right, up the hill, down the hill, <laughs> and you don't know where you want to go. Sure. But uh, when you do a franchise, you have a highway and the mm -hmm. left side of the highway is, is capital for CapEx and the right side is your ability to execute organizational, mm -hmm. you know, structure. And then you can go as fast as you like on that highway, like in Germany, you know, <laughs> you can go as fast as you like. If you yeah. can balance those two and stay in between those two lanes, sure. you will go and there's no reason why you shouldn't have five, ten locations in the span of two of or three years. There's no reason. No. And when you're looking for a franchise partner, an operator, what are you exactly looking for, you know, in terms of background, personality, etc.? What is the perfect person to become a franchise operator at Aurum? Yeah, in the beginning, we also thought we need to figure that out mm -hmm. uh, because it's unique to Aurum, right? Sure. It's not. Um, because in franchising, the, the plain vanilla 
uh, target customer for franchising are people that are kind of level of senior consultant mm -hmm. or associate in an investment bank or yeah. whatever that's the equivalent in a law firm or team lead in a, in a corporate. So these are the typical people that buy a business system. Those are the customers for a business system and then replicating yeah. that themselves in their local market. Nice. And so now we made the best, um, the best experiences with, with people that are fall into that category mm -hmm. that know the, the managerial best practices already yeah. that now just want to infuse that skill with a uh, entrepreneurial practice and a, yeah. and a, then execute on our business system and so these are the people that we that we search for you know right. uh, it's it's kind of most of the times it's three to five years of uh, experience uh, mm -hmm. professional experience in the roles that i just described and then we will teach them how to be a an outstanding operator in the Aurum way yeah. and we also have a manager development system and so yeah. that's that's basically it they are off to the races because they can grab all those people management skills and sales skills and just mix them to on their own agenda right and, and they are completely motivated to for the first time work on their <laughs> balance sheet and not on the balance sheet or pnl of the of the employer to like the real life MBA, as you said yeah. before. Yeah. Absolutely. And how much cash do they actually have to invest themselves to start a franchise? We say last Swiss franc in in, in Switzerland mm -hmm. is 200,000. So then you're, you have a self-funding company with a reasonable, um, with a reasonable startup founder salary. And, um, you will make from these 200,000, if you're really good, you will make between 150 and 200,000 in EBITDA with that one location. Very nice. And so then you can extrapolate, right? You can grow yeah. like exponentially from your own cash flow. And I imagine with your system, you know, up and running now, you have some history. It's probably also possible to get some banks to help you with the financing to get started. Absolutely. So we have a partner bank. Uh, they just, they love the system, right? And yeah. um, they also looked into the US and so there's so many banks doing this because mm -hmm. it's just such a great business unit. Uh, you can look at, historical data that's going back four or five years yeah. you can look at churn data you can look at other franchisees how successful are they of course. Um, and you have actually always a franchisor that you, as a lender you can talk to the franchisor and say hey, yeah. I, do you have a location analysis of course we have a location analysis that's also used by micro uh, micros and cope yeah. right and then they are like oh my god this is so professional of course and normally when they when they work with somebody who is founding a company they are like okay um where's your organizational structure nothing <laughs> what is an organizational structure <laughs> what is your marketing plan marketing plan yeah target customer we don't have a target customer yet so they don't of get course. money for that of course yeah Banks want to invest in systems, in predictable yeah. money system, money making systems, and then they they are really keen on 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 lending because that's their business. Absolutely. And what are some of the most common questions that you get from people that you know apply to become an operator in your franchise system? It's most of the time marketing. Okay. That's that's kind of the the thing that people are most concerned about, and that's mm -hmm. also the the biggest value proposition of a franchise system is brand and a predictable lead engine that you get from the from the franchisor um for our for our franchisees they start with 150 to 250 people on the waiting list on the day they open wow. so they are completely booked for the first month yeah. and that's what you buy when you buy a franchise you, you yeah. just execute and you just 
build customers and that they always want to understand how is the marketing working, who is mm -hmm. the target customer, and then they work backwards from the lead engine to the conversion system to the client fulfillment system to the business operations systems and it's a it's a great way to do it that's basically a great way to do due diligence by the way so intuitively the right candidates go along these uh, these um, steps exactly any other questions that are important that you often get in in that process despite yeah despite the minimum marketing? equity required right okay that's, yeah, that's, sure. and yeah. that's most of the time a, a question we have we have great people that mm -hmm. don't come with the the right uh, equity and it's forty uh, thousand yeah. swiss francs in, yeah. It's not so much if you want to, if you think about, you know, founding your own company. Yeah. Um, so um, if you have 40,000 Swiss francs and you are, as described uh, before, you're perfectly uh, qualified to open mm -hmm. an Aurum franchise. And I also wonder, you know, as you grow, you probably also have some geographical limits because Switzerland is only that big. So how do you make sure that you have enough growth from a franchise system, but also don't start to cannibalize each other's yeah. area? I mean, that's a great question. That's also a brick and mortar question in the right. end, right? Yeah. Because uh, we have a lot of digital products on the podcast, right? And it's 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 all the rage uh, since the 80s. Um, but brick and mortar is still, it's such a beautiful environment to operate in because uh, you have uh, a very wide mode if you are the only provider of this exact thing in that loca local market where people have to go to physically, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, we work with the same tools as Migo and Coop. You know, we analyze, okay, how, how long do people need to the store? How, what is the overlap? Where are white spots? Right. We estimate that we can have between 150 to 200 stores in Switzerland. And nice. as you know, we started the the entrance into Germany mm -hmm. and you, you need to localize a bit yeah, you, yeah. you need to localize a bit we, we did that successfully we have the proof of concept in Stuttgart in München and now we can go into the scale-up phase there into that part of the S-curve and in Israel we are still a bit lagging behind you know the, the, the Israeli uh, customer is, is is valuing some different things um, mm -hmm. and so we need to adopt accordingly and then you know, hope to make it uh, into a scalable system there as well so that's that's how you operate as a franchise. Oh, you go uh, city by city, and then you go country by country, and to to actually always have the the overlap effects of brand and operational efficiency, you know, driving your franchisees uh, forward. Right. But would you also like do any geo blocking or do exclusive airs where you say you now go to the city of Lucerne, for example, yep. and you are the only one for at least five years in that city? Would you? grant them any exclusivity we don't okay we don't that's that's basically the best practice in franchising and, and and anybody who wants to you know dive into franchising is i'm, I'm always there to help uh nice. we need to we needed to teach that ourselves um, many people sell area development plans mm -hmm. and these are almost always uh not so good okay so you go First, you do one store, you operate that successfully, you, yeah. you, you, you will achieve all the quality standards and the sales, and then you go into the, into the, uh, into the phase where you are granted the second license, and then right. we can talk about, okay, maybe we will have a development plan where mm -hmm. we don't put in another franchisee in a location that you want to do when sure. you have proven yourself. Got it, yeah. yeah. And that's actually my follow-up question for you, Matthias. You know, once you're up and running with your franchise. It's going well, you make some money, uh, you have a lot of happy customers. What's like the next 
career step once you started that? What are the options that you have within or also outside of Aurum? Um, Julian already kind of started on this one. Huh? You start as a coach and, right. and maybe I can I can quickly add this before answering your sure. question. Already out of our own stores, we have many coaches who started working with us for six months, one year, right. um, 18 months, and now they became franchisees. That's so amazing. that's a career path we can also offer within, of course, and that's what Julian said. They don't usually come with the with the capital required required capital, but mm. we can support them as well on that. So we yeah. have um, just structuring also um, such so called club deals where if the bank is not ready because they're so young, etc., they don't have yeah. the track record. We can even help them, and nice. so that's that's a very cool and natural thing. And then when you think about this maybe 24, 25 year old coach who just started his own location, he will learn so much with this first location. In, yeah. in the, as Julian said, it's a highway, it can go super fast, you get the support, you learn fast. Mm -hmm. And then it's already when you have your 150th customer, you can think about the second location. And then sure. again, we come in with the tool, we recommend certain spots around it. Mm -hmm. You open a second one within, I mean, from our, um, 15 franchisees we have by today or even 18 already four have more than one studio wow. and yeah. you know the first one in Switzerland is not even 12 months old so that's, that's how fast this highway speed is actually going yeah. and then it's a it's multi-location it's number two number three number four mm -hmm. what we're really looking for is for entrepreneurial ambition to at least open five to ten studios yeah. Amazing. That's that's and and then you know with the EBITDA uh, figures that Julian was telling you, and then you're already on on half a million million EBITDA without any hesitation. Yeah. Every every single one. Sure. And and if if you have that, then of course yeah. from there, it's either you have that running by because by then you know you're you're operator. You don't you don't coach anymore. Huh? So you're managing the multi studios. You look for the next better location. Right. You're training your people. You're really uh, an entrepreneur already on a on a quite high majority. And then mm -hmm. of course, franchise contracts in our system goes five years. Yeah. So there is a decision point. Either you keep it running because mm -hmm. cash flow is great. You can keep investing, or you sell to someone else because there will be many other options within the region yeah. to sell to. And then of course you're free. Mm -hmm. And we know that from other um, franchise um, entrepreneurs, they actually love the system so much that they look for the next franchisee opportunity mm -hmm. or become franchisor or just start a completely new business because now they have their own funds which they can invest. Of course. Yeah. Wow, that sounds so promising. And I might, I might also add, we will always find a slot now for the next two or three years here in Switzerland for somebody who is invested because many people have fear of missing out. There's always mm -hmm. everywhere as our room. Yep. I cannot, I cannot open a store anymore in a, in a service that the most, the highest standing USP of our service is the time efficiency, right? Mm -hmm. So if people need longer than 15 minutes yeah. to the studio, the USP is completely gone. So you yeah. can you can extrapolate that and say, okay, what are the circles of 15 minutes in Switzerland? Yep. And you get a lot of spots on the on the map. Yeah. Then probably the 150 to 200 would not even cover the whole country, as you imagined, right? That's that's completely a guess into the into the blue. Sure. You don't know how many we yeah. can have. What are some of the areas that you're specifically focusing on in the future that are becoming more and more important to you? So Zurich is our home turf. We have a, a very good um, you know, network already in, mm -hmm. in Zurich now. Um, 
we will see the network becoming denser by the factor of two, I guess. We have, nice. I think, 15 locations in the greater Zurich area at the moment. We will have 30 soon, something like that. Um, we have just started in Bern. Uh, we are in Biel. We are in, in, in St. Gallen. Um, so we are in, in, in all the great cities in, um, in Western Switzerland. Now we want to go into the, into the lesser known cities of Switzerland. For example, mm -hmm. Thun is, yeah. is an amazing, um, spot where we want to open a hub. And then we are also going to the Romandie now. Mm -hmm. um, with, the, with the start in Lausanne and then of course Genf is, is also a hub where we can have 20 um, we estimate that we can have around 50 in Romandie mm -hmm. and um, what, wherever you are we will find a place still for you and our, our main goal now our mission 100 is to have 100 in Switzerland I love that so, uh, <laughs> because to dovetail that into why we do this uh, sure. it's basically what we see when customers come to us mm -hmm. and train with us uh, especially people that have a, a clear goal right mm -hmm. elderly people that want to heal a back pain or build muscle or fight osteoporosis and stuff right. like that and so that's why we want to have a really dense network in switzerland yeah. to really contribute to to the to swiss people that they just feel more amazing than they already do absolutely yeah and that's why when when i can address directly the the audience everyone listening to us um, out there and um, when you hear that and and you have questions uh, really really contact us because the franchise system is of course is one great thing as we already promoted and uh, that would be cool but maybe you also have just a great location or you mm -hmm. have a city or you have a friend which would like to franchise or we're also growing as a corporate um, so super open you know for any talent listening to us who wants to to go on the on this highway with us um, if if you're sporty and well-being and health is at your core because we need this we need this also um from from your core value position then just reach out i mean i got to know you guys you know we've had many touch points and you're amazing to work with i mean great great people so i can definitely recommend to reach out to you if there's only a, a little spark of interest people should evaluate that the ceo is a bit crazy but the rest <laughs> is quite decent yeah. but once you get to know him better he's he's okay <laughs> exactly of course, one very important question that we also always ask startups that apply for our investment syndicate, etc., is why is the timing right right now? What would you answer to someone who asks you that, Julian? I mean, we we come from a wave of su super cheap funding and mm -hmm. the things that did not really have a clear path to profitability were funded left and right, and you could just tinker around. But you see it now, right? Free cash flow yeah. is becoming the word, and everybody knows what it is by now. And so it's it's actually also what we saw in the US. There is a different asset class created around investing in franchisees mm -hmm. there's pe firms that invest in franchisees because yeah. of the scalability because of the predictability of cash flows of there's also a syndication platform like you have especially for french to invest in franchisees yeah. it's called french shares <laughs> and you just when you look into the us you always see these trends coming and and it's basically a clear path towards profitability towards self-funding mm -hmm. it's just celebrating the classical backbone entrepreneurship and uh, as you know funding has dried up um, free cash flow is more valuable than ever now is the time to build a franchise five years ten years and then if you if you come along great ideas in the in the in the time that you have the franchise with us or mm -hmm. with another franchise brand and you learn the ex uh, the, the operational experience and the execution ability mm -hmm. you will maybe 
come into a window where you can do a startup again of course. more easily than now. And so that's why it's, it's just the perfect option to start in entrepreneurship now with franchising. I love this. I think it's the, the perfect example of the power of franchise. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Like I said, an MBA, that, an MBA that builds an asset. How cool is that? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and then, of course, also timing-wise is, is, of course, what we provide. The, the health, the well-being, the yeah. longevity um, aspect is yeah. super important. We see that post-pandemic, everyone sure. wants, to, wants to be healthy wants, yeah. and still has little time. So, so what we're promising is, uh, and uh, even, even if you like burgers and you know like to, to go to McDonald's, I think what we're providing is an actual health benefit on mm-hmm. the long run. And, and that's cool because yeah. also for the entrepreneurial thing, it's, I mean, if you love gastro, it's of course franchise system is, is cool as well, but uh, um, our, our end customer promise is, is, I think, one thing that's really strong. And if you want to do something with your heart for several years, it's cool when you, when you like that. And we are all yeah. working out. I mean, of we're all, all, all clients of our systems as well. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's in the end for sustainability, probably the most important thing. I mean, one of the, yeah. one, that's really nice that you say um, the main trend that we serve at the moment, especially with our customer group, is, is you know, longevity. Mm-hmm. And uh, longevity has been around for a few years it's before it was called anti-aging. Yeah. And so uh, <laughs> it's, it's, but it's still a really cool thing because it comes even more and more ple- pre- um, pleasurable each day to live. So we want to live mm-hmm. longer. And so one of the longevity focused funds was uh, pinging me if I can have a talk at one of mm-hmm. the conferences uh, next year. And I was like, yes, I can talk about, you know, the basics of inversion, what not to do if you want to live long. And yeah. so we were always thinking about not smoking and not mm-hmm. drinking too much alcohol, not eating too fat. Yeah. But losing muscle is the, the biggest course. indicator of premature yeah. aging. You know, yeah. and and so when you can do homework with us once a week to keep the muscle at peak capacity, sure. you will have done eighty percent of the way towards great longevity yeah. indicators. I love that. So, guys, to wrap up today's episode, I also have some rapid fire questions to you. I'm gonna ask you both the same questions because I'm really curious to see if there are any differences between the two of you. Yeah, Matthias, <laughs> I'm gonna start with you. What's your favorite autumn exercise? Um, it's the over, overhead press, which is the sixth and last exercise because when you know when you're done, you're done. Oh, yeah. I like that. That's a lie. <laughs> What's yours? It's the leg press. <laughs> of course. Because it, Why I'm not surprised? <laughs> because it's the only thing I'm strong at compared to the others. You know, when you look into it, gamification, it goes both ways. All yeah. of a sudden, you're not the strongest anymore. You cannot claim to be the strongest because it's in the data. Sure. Matthias, Switzerland, Israel or Germany? Switzerland. Clear choice for you, Julian. Switzerland. Clear. Such a great country. <laughs> Matthias, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Single location or multi-franchise? Uh, multi, of, of course. course. Why stay with one when you can do many? Yeah. For you, same choice? Multi. And Julian, profitability or exit? Profitability. Yeah. Matthias, you've done the exit. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on which game you're playing. But in this one, definitely profitability. Yeah. And the last one, performance or longevity? As you heard, longevity. Clear? Yeah. Longevity. As a yeah. father of two young yeah, children. Of course. I mean yeah. I want to be there and, you know, with a hundred, hundred and ten. Yeah. Still doing arm trainings with my son. That sounds like a very nice vision to yeah. chase. Cool. Julian, Matthias, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure to learn more about the fascinating franchising system. 
And I'm sure we're going to hear and see much more of you in the future. Lots of success and all the best. Thanks, Silvan. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, you can support us by rating our show on Apple Podcasts. This way, we can reach an ever-growing number of aspiring entrepreneurs.